This morning, we were a little bit dire about the Indianapolis Colts. This afternoon, we're going to be not very dire, and that's because of some pro football-focused rankings that were made live today that show, I think, the Colts exactly where they sit in the AFC South, position group by position group. We're going to talk about that. The Indiana Pacers, within the last half hour, consummated a trade with the Boston Celtics, sending Malcolm Brogdon to the Celtics, and a bunch of guys coming back in the other direction. They are depth pieces. None are going to pay. This isn't like Tatum coming to the Pacers or Jalen Brown or anybody like that. These are depth pieces. Interesting trade. We'll talk about that. And we'll talk about the Pacers Summer League a little bit. Ronald Norad, the head coach, Butler graduate. Uh, we'll talk about Summer League basketball. Those guys... Uh, Ronald's going to talk to the media at about 3 o'clock. Of course, we'll be there. We're also going to talk Isaiah Jackson. We'll talk to uh, Benedict Matherin, all those guys, and, and those interviews as soon as uh, they're ready. We pop them up. It's what we do. It's Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling. For Friday, July 1st, 2022, we're brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. Johnson's Plumbing, they take a problem, come up with a solution, and boom, your house is in better shape overall because of dealing with Johnson's Plumbing. Give Jared a call, 765-610-8809. Again, they've done work on the house three times. We've loved the results every single time, or I wouldn't tell you about them. All right? Smash that subscribe button. Hit the like button. We're going for 155 likes this afternoon. Let's go. If you're watching, hit the like. It's the least you can do. The most you can do is donate. Hit the thanks button, donate. What a wonderful sentiment that conveys to me. And cash, also good. All right, let's talk about the Colts and Pro Football Focus, their rankings of the individual position groups, and then we're going to talk about the Pacers. Malcolm Brogdon gone. This is going to be a cause for celebration from a lot of Pacers fans, but Colts first, usually, and this afternoon as we head into a holiday weekend. I can't wait. All right. At the quarterback position, this is a place where Pro Football Focus has the Colts second best in the AFC South. By the way, the Colts are never worse than second in the AFC South. Matt Ryan is 17th, Ryan Tannehill 8th. But that was Matt Ryan with the Atlanta Falcons last year. That's not Matt Ryan in Indianapolis with the weapons that he'll have, with the offense, the offense he'll have under Frank Reich and Marcus Bailey. It's not going, you know, it wasn't with the offensive line that the Colts have. This is going to be a better version of Matt Ryan, who is more closely going to approximate who he was back in 2016. So, you want to rank Matt Ryan behind Ryan Tannehill? You can. I would choose not to. At running back, Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, Philip Lindsay. That's a murderer's row, and they rank second in the NFL at running back, behind the Browns and ahead of the entire South. I don't, uh, I don't agree with behind the Browns. I, I think that Jonathan Taylor is a better running back overall than Nick Chubb is. What are you going to do? Jonathan Taylor had more yards after contact than anyone else in the NFL had yards rushing. That's got to count for something. Naheem Hines, a terrific widget out of the backfield, and Philip Lindsay, a wonderful depth piece, Acquired by Chris Ballard. Good work there. At wide receiver. Hmm. You know what? 
25th. You wouldn't think that's very good. That's in the bottom quartile. If you split the the NFL teams into quartiles, the 32, you'd have them in groups of eight, right? One through eight, nine through 16, 17 through 24, and 25 through 32. The Colts, at the very top of the class of the last quartile, the other three AFC South teams, they're behind the Colts. This is perhaps by division. The AFC South might have the worst overall wide receiver and tight end position grade in the history of pro football focus for divisions. Unbelievable. Uh, the offensive line, number 10, way ahead of the, the rest of the AFC South. Houston, number 22. Jacksonville, number 26. The Titans come in at 27. So there you go. The Colts rolling so far on the offensive side of the ball, minus Matt Ryan, who could wind up being a strength for the Colts at the age of 37 this year. They win everywhere else. Now let's go to the defense. Defense, Colts number 11 at the defensive line. Titans are number 10. So just by one, the Titans are better than the Colts in the D-line. And you really don't know what Ngakwe is going to be here. You don't know what Quiddy Pay is going to do in his second year out of Michigan. 21st overall pick in 2020. Is he going to take a step up in class? How about Daya Odangbo? What's he going to do in his second year, which is really kind of his rookie year because of that Achilles tear suffered toward the end of his time at Vanderbilt? We don't know what he's going to be. Is Taekwon Lewis going to come back at full strength after tearing his knee apart on that interception return last year? If those guys are good to go, the tackles are kind of set, right, with Buckner and Stewart, so you feel good about the defensive line as long as Ngakwe winds up being Ngakwe and Pay takes a step up in class. Linebackers, Colts, number two in the NFL. The Titans, the top team in the AFC South at number 16. So, so far, so good for the Colts. Now, this assumes that Darius Leonard's going to be ready that he's going to be healthy, he's going to be ready to go. The Colts expect Darius Leonard to be ready by the opener, but what the hell does that mean? They say that about everybody. I think they said that about Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck is going to be ready for the opener in 2022, and then they got a tap from Matt Cotty and said, he retired in 19. We're not saying that anymore. We don't know what's going to happen with Darius Leonard's ankle. He had back surgery. Hopefully that alleviates some of the problems with the ankle. The body's all interconnected. We know this. You don't have to be a physiologist to know that the body's all interconnected. This is the way it works. If you got a bad left knee, you can almost be sure that you got a questionable right hip. That is the way things work physiologically. Talk to somebody. Talk to an orthopedist. You'll learn. That's what I did. Uh, the DBs. Colts, number 23. The Titans are 11th. Jaguars are, uh, oh, no. At any rate, Colts are 23rd. I think they're going to be better than that as long as Stephon Gilmore stays healthy and Nick Cross takes over at the box safety. If you've got Cross and Blackman, I'm all about Cross. You watch tape on Cross. You love his mobility, his quickness side to side. You love his willingness to stick his head in there and hit people. And you've got uh, Rodney McLeod as a kind of a depth piece. I like this position for the Colts. I think safety is a strength. The other, Kenny Moore was a pro bowler. Assuming that the contract dispute doesn't drag out and Kenny Moore doesn't sit out camp 
or miss regular season games. I think we've figured out that he's not going to get an extension ahead of schedule because that would mean, what do you do? How do you explain to Quentin Nelson and Jonathan Taylor, that, or not Quentin Nelson, but Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman, that they're not due an extension right now, out of sequence, out of rhythm, with two years left on their deals? You can't. And so Kenny Moore, I'm afraid, is going to have to play for what he is owed at this point. But he's a Pro Bowl uh, slot safety. That's a nice thing, Pro Bowl nickel. Stephon Gilmore, three years removed from being the Defensive Player of the Year in the National Football League. And then, you know what? And and we, we talk about uh, Isaiah Rogers all the time, but he's really, really fast. He's capable. He's got good hands. He gets burned every once in a while, but he's fast enough to make up for that. So I think that Isaiah Rogers is going to be a really good piece in that defensive backfield for the Colts. The roster overall is ranked 15th in the NFL, and normally you'd say, boy, that's middle of the road. How are they going to make the playoffs? Only 14 teams go to the playoffs. How are they going to make the playoffs at 15? This is the worst news I've ever heard. No, it's not. It's good news, or I wouldn't share it on a Friday. The Titans, number 20, Jaguars, 28, and the Texans, 32nd and last in the NFL, their roster approximation from Pro Football Focus. And if you don't subscribe, you should. So that's the deal. And we're going to know a hell of a lot about your Indianapolis Colts when week two is done. On the 11th, they travel to Houston to play the Texans. And on the 18th, they travel to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. Now, one of two things is going to happen. Either they will beat teams that they are demonstrably better than in those first two games and go 2-0. For the first time, going 2-0 on the road since 1977. That was seven years shy of the move to Indianapolis. That's how long ago that was. If math serves, that's 45 years ago. At any rate. If they do that, when they do that, they're in really good shape. Now, if the inverse happens, because the Texans don't know that they suck yet, and because the Jaguars in Jacksonville seem to beat the Colts constantly, you know what, including the regular season finale and the season finale last year, because it it was a loss, the Colts didn't go to the playoffs, they had everything to play for, and still couldn't beat the Jaguars because they gave up too much room and allowed Trevor Lawrence to be really, really comfortable in the pocket, which is the height of stupidity, and still the Bears hire Matt Eberflus as the head coach. They go 0-2. It circled the wagons, baby. you got problems. But 2-0, you feel like all things are possible. Let's talk about the Pacers and that trade. Malcolm Brogdon goes to the Celtics. That part is easy. Easy to book the travel for uh, Malcolm Brogdon. You just get a ticket for him and send him east. There you go. He's gone. People didn't like him. We know why. We went over this earlier this week. What do they get in return? Daniel Tice, they get in return. We know who that is. 30-year-old guy, depth piece, kind of a power forward slash center, dirty work type guy coming this way. Then Aaron Nesmith, first-round draft pick two years ago, by the, uh, uh, you know, out of uh, Vanderbilt. We all we all know that. But Nesmith is kind of a project. He hadn't played a lot. Um, he's going to be 23. He played uh, 52 games, 11 minutes a game. He's a wing. He's out of Vandy. He's 6'5". 
pacers don't need more wings, but hey, you can't have enough depth. So, okay. You also get the first round pick in 2023 of the Boston Celtics, which, let's face it, is not going to be a high draft pick. If you're, if they wind up picking 25th or 26th, that's going to be a pretty good return for the Pacers. So, all right, you get that. They're young. This is what the deal is. Look, you're not going to get back, and they don't want to get back. Guys, a 30-year-old guy who's going to log heavy minutes. This is a young team, a rebuilding team. These guys need experience on the floor, and so that is what they're looking for. They're looking for depth pieces that maybe can then be spun and moved in another deal, right? What these guys ever play, Nesmith and Tice, whether they ever play for the Pacers, I don't know. We're going to have to find out. Then you've got kind of the other guys. You've got Nick Stauskas. This is the second time that the Pacers have acquired the contract of Nick Stauskas. I don't know whether Nick Stauskas is ever going to play for the Pacers despite being acquired by them for a second time. Of course, he's out of Michigan, and we love Nick Stauskas. Um, Big Ten guy, Juwan Morgan from Indiana University. Indiana, 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 we're all for you. Juwan Morgan, he hasn't played a lot since he began his NBA career with the Utah Jazz. However, we love him just the same. Hopefully he plays here. That'd be really nice. And then you've got a guy named Malik Fitz. Got to tell you the truth, uh, we don't really know a lot about him. But he's, a, uh, he's been included in this deal also. Did not play a lot. Has not played a lot in his N- NBA career. So, Pacers get rid of Brogdon. And who I don't think was disliked quite as much as Carson Wentz, but close. At least the pace of play is going to move for the Pacers. And we're not going to watch him seemingly healthy cavort about on the bench, being very, very supportive and talking to guys. So we got that going for us. But you get back Daniel Tice, you get back Nesmith, you get back a bunch of other guys, and then you get a first-round pick next year that's not conditional and who, why would anybody put any conditions on it? Because the Celtics are going to be pretty good next year anyway. So, this, a nice trade. At least there's movement. You know, yesterday I got tired of hearing all about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and all of this nonsense, which really may have put the Pacers in a position to acquire a guy like DeAndre Ayton. Don't discount the possibility of the Pacers participating in a three-way or four-way deal that moves Kevin Durant someplace else and the Pacers get a bounty in return. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. The holiday coming up, 4th of July, we don't work the 4th. It's a sacred holiday.